welcome to another episode of TEDx UWA Thursdays on the UWA Alumni Voices podcast. I'm Scott De Silva, a former events member of TEDx UWA and a recent graduate from UWA myself. At TEDx UWA, we host TED-like talks focused on the impressive work and inspiring stories from UWA students, alumni, and researchers. We have teamed up with the Young Alumni Network to continue the conversation sparked by our UWA alumni speakers through this podcast series. Over the last few months, we've caught up with six past TEDx UWA speakers, including David Gozard, Anne-Marie Anderson-Mays, Heidi Gann, Phoebe Ho, Georgia Hay, and Belinda Tay. And today, it is my great pleasure to be hosting this podcast with a familiar face to most of our listeners, uh, the 2019 Guild President, Conrad Hogg. Hi, Conrad. How are you today? Very well, thanks, Scott. How are you? Yeah, really great today. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, Conrad was, uh, has studied uh, for five years at UWA, uh, Bachelor of Philosophy in Pharmacology with honours in Medical Research. He's also done a diploma in Modern Languages in French and has completed research in cancer medicine, focusing on the mechanisms of prospective treatments for melanoma. Uh, Conrad is currently working as a management consultant in both the private and public sectors of the McKinsey and Co., uh, company. Uh, very impressive resume that I've read out there. <laughs> um, so, um, Conrad, like, yeah, what, what's it like now? What have you been up to? Physically? Yeah, not too much. It's um, It's been crazy during COVID, right? Um, yes. <laughs> it's been, like, interesting moving, like, most of my work onto online as well. Um, for me, um, the last few months have, have largely just been, like, working, trying to find um, some time to, like, be a good person and read and stuff. Um, and also doing some volunteering with um, Out for Australia, um, which has been um, really great. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to read more myself now. I feel like it's definitely good to try to keep the mind active when you finish university, right? When you don't have to do all yeah, the readings sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, what about you? What have you been up to since you graduated? Um, so I'm lucky to have graduated this year, uh, given everything that's happened. I graduated in June. Uh, I am currently working online, uh, just for my retail job, but I have a graduate program for myself lined up next year. I'll be uh, working in marketing for L'Oreal, which I'm super excited about, um, which should be quite good. Uh, moving over to Melbourne, uh, given everything, so that should be exciting. That is very exciting. Hopefully everything will be um, much more calm and... Um, yeah, a little bit smoother transition would be really yeah. uh, uh, hopeful <laughs> at this point in time. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to talk about uh, Conrad's uh, TEDx UWA talk that he did uh, with us. And after that, I think we're just going to go into some of the issues in which we he discussed in there. Um, uh, so we hope that everyone listening really quite enjoys it. Uh, so Conrad, how was your time at university? Um, like, what was your experience like? If you could try to sum it up. I know it's done quite a bit. You've done about five years, which is a lot longer than I have. Um, how was that? It was really good. Um, I really enjoyed my time um, at UWA. Um, I think the things which stand out the most to me, like looking back a whole year later, um, is just largely the people that I met. Um, a lot of really great friends that I made, as well as um, academics who taught me, um, and uh, many of whom became um, very strong mentors for me as well. So I think the people really stand out. Um, and I think the other thing that stands out for me um, is it just being a time of, of learning both about the subject matter that I did, um, largely around medical research and pharmacology, um, as well as um, learning about myself as a person and what I was interested in. Um, people often talk about um, university being a time to like figure out 
who you are and, and what you want to do. And I found that was very true for me. Yeah, that's really lovely. I feel like I definitely kept it a bit more amicable myself as well. Um, it's definitely about the people that I, I've met and learned from, uh, which has made it a, a rewarding experience uh, wholly as well. Um, so you definitely got involved in field politics. Obviously, you were our field president uh, last year. Um, so like, what made you want to get involved? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the reason I got involved in the Guild was all about affecting change. Um, obviously, my time at, at university was really enjoyable for me. I felt like I wanted to give something back. Um, and I also thought that I had a part to play in making UWA a better place um, for students to, to study and to live and to um, enjoy their time at the university. Um, so I was really keen to get involved, both in terms of helping to deliver programs and events and stuff um, through clubs and societies and through the Guild. Um, and then also um, working with the university um, uh, to continuously improve um, the way that we support students and the way that we uh, engage students in, in uh, inside and outside of the classroom while they're here at UWA. Yeah. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, what is the process of getting elected like? Because I always just see the flyers around campus and I've yeah. never truly understood how it all works. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think for me, I, everyone's experience is obviously a bit different. Um, for me, the experience was very much about working out what it is that I wanted to do um, with my time in the Guild, if I was lucky enough and when I was lucky enough to be elected, um, and who are the people that I wanted to do that with. Um, I spent a lot of time thinking about like who would be the people that would be the right team to run the Guild and got to, to talk to a lot of um, very exciting and enthusiastic young people that um, many of whom did get involved in the Guild um, and spent a lot of time thinking about in terms of the policy that we wanted to to bring to bear um, in different areas from um, mental health to um, education to sports or clubs and societies. Um, what were the things that we actually wanted to do to create a platform so that students could actually see what it was that um, I stood for and what it was that I wanted to do um, when, if I was lucky enough to be elected. From there, there's obviously the actual mechanism of running in an election. Um, so you have to put the message out there, um, talk to students and um, explain to them why it is that you're running and what you want to do. Um, and um, hopefully convince them to come and come and cast your vote and put their, um, put their vote behind you. How long does it take to actually uh, start campaigning for it? Um, quite a while. I spent quite a few months in like the planning oh, phase wow. as I was okay. just talking yeah. about. Um, the actual election itself only goes for about two weeks. There's like okay. a week of campaigning and then yeah. um, the the polls are open for four days over a week. A lot of back-end work then. Yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess you've done quite a bit as well then. So is there like a specific part of like, I guess your term when you were president um, that you find specifically unique, um, like a specific challenge or maybe like a reward that you kind of got from it? Like, yeah. General? That's a really, um, it's a really interesting question, Scott. Um, I don't think there's anything that stands out as like a super specific reward yeah. or challenge for me. Um, I think generally what I, like, I really enjoyed being able to, um, create a stronger relationship between the Guild and the university. That was really important for me. And I think, um, that actually enabled us to do a lot of a really, really good things across all different policy portfolios. Um, one of the, the, like the big wins or so to speak for me was probably firstly around um, education. We did a lot of work, um, particularly around assessment policy um, and how is it that we make sure that um, students are, are fairly treated in assessment and have 
particularly if they're challenging, uh, facing challenging circumstances, how is it um, that they're not um, unduly penalised, particularly um, if there's equity considerations, like I know they have um, children that they're caring for or um, they've had some, some tragic things happen in their life or they've just been sick or they've had mental health problems, how is it that they're fairly treated? That was a, a really impactful moment for me, being able to get a lot of that stuff across the line and get buy-in um, from key decision makers. Um, I think there's another piece around um, mental health and wellbeing. We did an immense amount in that space, and particularly towards the end of my term, it was it was really satisfying um, to start to see all of the threads coming together um, and um, starting to um, gain a lot more um, traction um, for the issue. Because I think it's one, at least in my view, the reason that I was so passionate about driving it is my view is that um, it's not one which is is adequately acknowledged across the higher education sector, both in Australia and across the world. Um, and that's something that I really wanted to, to bring to bear. So it was really good to see um, some tangible things happen to change that, both within the Guild and within the university, and for that issue to gain traction more broadly. Um, and then I think the last piece is probably a bunch of like fun stuff. Um, we did some cool commercial stuff, opening some new um, food outlets in the refectory on campus. Um, we did some great things to um, engage the Albany, campus, uh, the Albany campus and the students that study there um, more in university life. Um, that was really satisfying for me. And we did some, um, some great stuff with the colleges and with the clubs and societies to run some fun events. Yeah, it sounds like a very full-time job. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I can imagine that being yeah. quite a lot given you know, that you were doing you know, your master's and, uh, and everything. Um, so I guess... The, Given that you have done so much uh, during your time at uni, uh, which is, I, I guess, quite different to maybe my experience, mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's safe to say you were very passionate about what you did and uh, things that you achieved. So uh, what would you say to students who maybe don't participate as much in extracurricular? I mean, essentially, the student, aka myself, like how would you change my mind in terms of getting involved and what kind of uh, benefits and uh, rewards can people get out of it that they don't know about maybe? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think that was also my experience as well. Like when I started at, at UWA, there were only a few students from my high school that went here. Um, so as a, as a first semester, first year, first semester student, um, I wasn't part of any like big social networks or um, incredibly involved. But what I found was when I became more involved in second semester and then increasingly um, as my years at UWA went on, um, I found my experience was a lot more, a lot, um, a lot more engaging at university and I, and I got a lot more out of it. Um, I definitely spent a lot more time on campus as well, um, but I, I think it really enriched me both as a person and hopefully as a graduate too. Um, for me, like convincing someone like yourself who maybe wasn't involved in university to get involved, I think it's all about articulating the value proposition and what getting involved has to offer. Um, at least for myself, there were two big parts of that. Um, I think there's one first bit, which is about um, like the social engagement benefits that you get. I think I found that like, my experience was just much more pleasurable. I met a lot of people that I got on really well with. Um, there's a huge range of clubs and societies at, at UWA for almost every different interest. Um, and if there isn't, it's very easy to start one um, through the Guild. Uh, and I think through that, um, I was able to find a bit of a, like a sense of meaning in things that I was doing at uni. And for some people that might be 
um, doing volunteering, something they find meaningful because they care about a certain cause a lot. For some people, that might be um, they really, really like mixed martial arts and they want to they want to do that with friends at uni. Do we have um, a club for that? Yeah, we have a martial arts club. Oh, yeah, there's there's always <laughs> new things that I'm finding out about the uni. It is constantly changing. Yeah, um, and then I think yeah, there's just so much, right? I think there's a, there's a second part of it, um, which is around. Um, the benefits that you get out in terms of like your development, particularly as a student and um, for many students that come straight from high school as someone who's soon going to be entering the workforce for the first time as well. Um, I think the job market now is one where um, it's quite challenging and a lot more dynamic, particularly um, after COVID. Um, and there's lots of skills that people need to be adaptable, strong um, employees. A lot of that stuff you'll get from your classes, um, like, um, bare bones critical thinking skills, um, the way that you communicate, um, the way that you work in teams through group assignments and stuff. But I think the way that you actually codify a lot of those things um, is through um, doing things outside the classroom. Some of that is stuff like internships, but equally some of that um, is um, running an event for the first time and learning how to do risk management. Or some of that is um, understanding like what your value proposition is as a leader and what you want to give back and then actually being able to articulate that really clearly to other people. I think the skills that you get from being involved in that sense are incredibly valuable um, and something that students um, should be thinking a lot more about, um, particularly with um, the way that the job market is going. Um, I don't know, I'd be interested to hear about your experience though, Scott. Obviously that's not um, something which you spent a lot of time in at uni. I'm keen to understand if that's something you did outside of uni because obviously yeah. marking at L'Oreal is pretty awesome uh, <laughs> yeah. and not something that's just gets like handed out to like any old person <laughs> on the block. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I definitely gained a lot more soft skills from uni. I mean, obviously, like the, um, I guess my entire course was very helpful and mm -hmm. allowed me to gain uh, a better understanding of economics and finance. Um, but I, d I definitely put myself out there to do a few volunteering programs. I wasn't necessarily as involved with the clubs and societies. I did join TEDx only towards the tail end of my degree. But like you were saying as well, it's really about, you know, uh, sharpening up those key communication skills. Um, I found as well, uh, you know, I used to work quite a bit. And I still do. Um, uh, whilst I was at uni, I was doing two jobs. I did tutoring and I worked mm. in retail. And, I, and both of those... Uh, really gave me better understanding of people and uh, being able to communicate with them, solve problems, and I feel like that is what I've taken uh, from work and combined that with uni and being able to put these skills into practice. So when I do go to, say, a networking event or uh, when I'm volunteering, I did some volunteer work overseas, uh, just meeting new people, all that kind of stuff uh, allowed me to get more out of just my studying and my degree. Um, and I feel like that was really rewarding for me. Uh, it also allowed me to understand what I wanted to do as a person. I think I started, I think I started uh, my degree in economics and art history or politics. And then I switched a bit and I chose to finance. And I think after a while, I just knew more about myself and what I wanted to achieve in life. Uh, and I think that it was really great that I was able to have that flexibility because it wasn't so linear. Uh, I was able to make decisions, make mistakes, go off from there and, you know, uh, have the sense of introspection as well uh, to take away from my degree. And uh, yeah, very happy to have landed the job that I did, but it's also something I'm super passionate about. So that's 
always good <laughs> to yeah. be doing a job that you actually like. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, the campus is always changing. Um, I, I guess you've been away since uh, the end of last year. Have you noticed anything or like uh, the people that you might still be in contact with, um, the changes since you've been, since you've graduated? Have you noticed anything like particularly different or interesting? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't like, uh, I think, COVID kind of like brings a little bit of a haze over it because it's difficult to, yes. <laughs> to like to be separate. on campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think when I've been on campus, it's definitely been been quiet. We're filming on campus today, and there's certainly less people than um, I I would have expected to have seen twelve months ago in just after study break, heading into exams um, in semester two. Um, so that's definitely different, and I think there's probably going to be a, a reasonable long term shift um, in the way that. Um, our university and other universities um, engage in a, like a hybrid physical and virtual model. Um, I think that's incredibly exciting for um, uh, rural and remote education um, and for um, people being able to access education that aren't necessarily like always free to be on campus five days a week. Um, so I think that's that's one around, around the model, which is probably kind of the obvious one. Um, I continue to be really impressed by all of the exciting things that students are doing. Um, I've been, I've heard things about like new innovation center that's popped up through the guild, um, which is incredibly exciting. Um, What's that? Sorry. Oh, so it's a, it's like a, a student group, which is a partnership between um, IQX innovation quarter um, and the student guild, which um, is all about um, fostering student entrepreneurship and innovation on campus. Um, through helping people to like access funding if they want to make a startup or um, develop skills that you need um, to be an innovator, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, that's really nice. I mean, um, the campus is so um, like diverse. It's one hundred percent, and there's yeah. so many different uh, available like resources. Which I mean, like I said, I'm always you know, finding out new things. I mean, like, I think the start of this year, just walking on from my bus stop, I just noticed the bike sharing that we have now, yeah. which is really nice. I mean, for some, I mean, I didn't use it because uh, I do enjoy walking, but I like having that option of being able to, you know, go to business school. A bit yeah, particularly if you need that. Definitely. Octagon yes. to business dash in 15 minutes. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Um, do you feel like uh, if you could say one or maybe two skills that you've taken from uni mm -hmm. and has allowed you to like, has kind of traveled with you uh, now into your work. Could you maybe like elucidate on that like a little bit more? Do you know if there's anything in particular? Two. That's tricky. Um, oh, you can go for more. I mean, we have, we have the time. You can go for it. <laughs> we can list them out. Um, I think the first one is probably being able to solve problems and think in a structured way. Um, that's something that like, regardless of how strong someone's intrinsics is as a smart person, that's a process that you learn. Um, and something which I always heard a lot as a child um, about like go to, when you go to university, you, you learn how to think. And I think that is actually quite true. Um, so I think that's one thing. Um, I think a second one would be communication, both, both verbal communication and written communication. Um, that obviously is a skill that gets done to death by many, many assignments and oral presentations. But I truly do think it's an important skill. Um, you could know everything in the world and how to solve the world's problems, but if you can't like communicate that to the people who have the fingers on the buttons to make those things happen, yeah, um, there's like no <laughs> point in actually knowing that stuff, right? Um, so I think communication is an underrated and incredibly valuable skill that people learn at university. 
Um, I think the, if I can be sneaky and, and chuck in the third one as well. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I think the third one is probably this kind of a um, little bit more abstract skill, which is leadership. Um, I think um, my experience, both like academically, but um, especially through extracurriculars, um, was to develop um, like the idea and the drive and the motivation to make an impact um, and to bring others along in that journey. That's something that I really value. Um, and I think um, our world is facing some pretty immense challenges, whether that be COVID, whether that be um, people's access to healthcare, whether that be climate change. But I think it's gonna take people who have a real, um, a real passion and a real ability to drive change and take people along the journey with them that are going to um, actually help us to confront those challenges as, as a society. Um, so I think what I took in terms of um, leadership skills and want of a better word have been incredibly valuable. Yeah, I think that kind of expanding from what you're saying, this idea of proactiveness is really, uh, it can be really daunting, I think, for a lot of people. Um, and it's quite risky depending on what you're you know, uh, taking the reins on. But as it sounds, it's quite rewarding in a lot of your experiences. I think for me as well, kind of going back to this idea of university, especially at UWA as well, like our motto being seek wisdom, I think for me it's this idea of uh, creating a bit, I think with communication mm -hmm. uh, entailing from that, um, this sense for me, I think I've taken a lot more empathy out of my degree. Uh, when you talk to more people and understand more points of view, I feel like you're able to understand uh, other people a little bit better. And it just proves really helpful when you're working in teams, which is, yeah. or just meeting people on a regular basis and uh, being able to, you know, converse with people who may have opposing points of view to you, um, and still have productive conversation. And I think that's Definitely. really, yeah, I think that, that for me is something which, uh, I'm happy to have gotten out of my degree. I think that's something which I can definitely, uh, build on for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah. definitely be rewarding. I agree. <laughs> you only have to turn on the news to understand how yeah. it is to be able to, to empathize with others and to, yes. um, have, a, have respect for people even if they don't agree with you, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I want to talk now about, as well, your TED talk. So mm -hmm. um, why did you decide to do a TEDx UWA talk? Yeah, um, I think the main reason is there were a couple of things that I was, I was really passionate about that um, I realised through my time as guild president. Um, and one of those, probably the foremost of those which I ended up speaking about was um, mental health of university students. Um, and that's something that I, an issue that I really wanted to bring to light. Um, so I decided to get in touch with the TED team. They were um, put out a call for speakers. Um, I gave a little bit of a, um, spent a little bit of time thinking about why it was that I wanted to do that. Um, and I put that to the team and was lucky enough to be um, invited to speak. Um, so the reason I spoke was really to, um, yeah, speak about something I care about a lot. Um, at least my experience at university um, was that, um, often was um, a stressful and, and, and anxious experience. And I know it is for many of my friends, both who study here and study other places in WA and elsewhere in the world. Um, I was really lucky to have a strong support network, which really helped me through. But certainly um, I know uh, a lot of other friends that really struggled. Um, and that's something that I, I definitely saw as a good precedent and something that I wanted to speak about. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't watched it, uh Conrad's talk. Um, it is on our YouTube page, and I think that's something which uh, you definitely will get a lot out of. Um, so it's it's a definitely a particular passion of yours, right? Being able to uh, 
improve on student welfare, um, particularly in the mental health uh, sector and ideas and issues. Um, can I ask, like, what was the process like for you, uh, kind of from the point at which you knew you were going to be doing this talk? Uh, was there, like, a lot of stages? Was it difficult? <laughs> Um, in a word, it was daunting. Yes. Um, I don't consider myself a natural public speaker. Um, so there was a lot of preparation for me and a lot of um, kind of getting over, my, getting over myself as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was very fortunate. The process was, was very structured and gave me a good opportunity to prepare for that. Um, so I'm very grateful to the TED team for that. What that looked like was over a couple of months developing um, the talk and what I was going to give um, and making sure it's, it's quite snappy and um, impactful the way that um, a good TED Talk is. Um, and then um, practicing that with the team, receiving some coaching about um, how to be a good speaker. Um, and then finally um, going to the dress rehearsal and a couple of days later giving the talk on the day. Yeah. Did you find that, um, I know you were saying it was quite daunting, do you find that giving the speech, uh, your talk was difficult in itself? Would you feel like you were able to kind of overcome this because you knew how important the issue was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, young individuals in the audience, and so I feel like that would have been really nice to just see, like, them hearing and, like, uh, engaging with your topics, which is uh, definitely, I guess, the, the intention that yeah. kind of came across, right? Yeah. Um, so, what, I mean, I know you've already kind of expanded a little bit on this. Um, why, why in detail do you feel like you decided to talk on your approaches in, to mental health and university students? Yeah, sure. Um, so we know that obviously, as I was saying, that mental health is a, a, a big problem for many university students. Um, in Australia, in a given year, one in four university students will struggle with depression and, and anxiety or feelings of depression and anxiety while they study. Um, and at least the impression that I took um, and I was fortunate enough to do um, some work with um, other student representatives through the, um, the World Universities Network. The impression that we had was it's um, something that isn't talked about enough. Um, and also an issue where um, we spend a, a lot of time and resources uh, on mental health, but it isn't something where we necessarily see the benefit of that. Um, and, and what the statistics show um, is each year on year, more and more students um, facing mental health issues while they study. Um, and unfortunately, um, more and more students also taking their own lives as well. Um, so what I wanted to bring to light too um, was this issue and how it might be um, that universities can approach it a bit differently. Um, and um, through having a coordinated approach, really have a difference and support students. Yeah, I think one of the key points that you discussed, which I really quite liked was you were discussing this uh, seminal part of our lives and stress is something which I guess everyone experiences in many different facets, yeah. um, but it's so easily compounded in specifically university students, um, typically because there's always a lot going on, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like you had any specific stresses that you experienced during your time at university that might have been unique to you maybe? or? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a few. I think there's some which are like are quite general. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of other people can probably relate to things like like this very quick transition from um, high school to university and um, got a lot less structure and that's like freedom. Yeah, <laughs> right? some, yeah, it's it's like a it's a double edged sword, right? Like you've got all this you've got all this more freedom, but you also then have all these more all these other due dates um, and no one actually telling you 
like making you do the things to get to the due dates, which I think people find a bit different and a bit of an adjustment. Um, certainly um, going from an environment where like at a high school, I had a lot of friends and like, it was like very, very easy to interact with people um, to starting at university where like, I, I knew not very many people at all, um, I think was at times quite isolating um, and like definitely like made my transition to university harder. Um, and I think there's this also like, this third component of like just working out who the person is that I am um, and what my identity is and, and what I want to do. Um, for me, like particularly that was largely around like my sexual orientation and coming um, to terms with the fact that I was like in fact gay. Um, that was quite a challenging experience for me was like through the start of my university time. Um, and that was, was quite stressful as well. Um, so I think those are probably the, like the key ones that stick out for me. There's obviously like other stuff like not getting enough sleep or (laughs) all that kind of stuff, which goes with, um, mismanaging your time as uh, many university students do. Yeah, no, I think, um, like you're saying, self-actualization is really something that we do, I mean, probably throughout our whole lives. And Mm. I think at university, I feel like that might be a period where it kind of kicks off and we start kind of introspecting our lives and who we want to be and where we want to go. Yeah. Um, But definitely it's, there is like this semblance, I guess, of a university student being synonymous with stress. And I mean, I guess it's all the joke of being broke too. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, being like these barometers of like... uh, a lot of stress within ourselves. Um, I think like something which I found quite interesting was when I would speak to other people, maybe at different universities or just people my own age, uh, they talked about this uh, competitiveness and, you know, this rivalry and the stigma of a rivalry yeah. uh, amongst university students. Do you ever feel like you were a part of that? Because I, I felt like I was quite removed from that uh, idea, but I think that's quite real for a lot of people's experience when they're at university. Yeah, I think that was pretty, was real for me. Like, um, I pushed myself pretty hard during year 11 and 12 um, and was fortunate enough to, to, like, get pretty good marks because of that. Um, and I found that at university it took considerably more effort to get uh, marks different, that were right? the same. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah, um, it's very, very different. Um, so, I, and I found that quite, quite challenging, particularly, like, that adjustment to... Um, what being a good university student actually looks like. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely some competitiveness, but various pe- some people just don't really buy into that culture and it's not part of their experience, I guess. Yeah, I do think it's often postulated as an idea that you know working hard whilst you're at university is you know the only way in which you can ascertain or be rewarded with some happiness uh, as you move into your career. Uh, but university is almost the antithesis of this uh, ideology I think it's not a linear path you know as we go from study to our careers and I think that does cause a lot of stress for a lot of people so being able to understand and uh, figure out that whilst you're at uni uh, you're allowed to make different changes and uh, different mistakes and it also forms the kind of person in which you are and I think it's really great to see that um, our universities are now taking a lot of nascent approaches uh, in building awareness and creating, you know, functional programs to assuage uh, the difficulties that are uh, imposed on student welfare. Um, so I'd love to talk about some of the stuff that you did whilst you were your president uh, in terms of addressing how to improve student welfare and mental health. Uh, I think that really relates to your passion and that's come through uh, your TED talk. 
Um, so what kind of things did you? Yeah, sure. Um, I think there's there's a few different bits and pieces. It's something that um, as a team we spend a lot of time focusing on, and something um, that I obviously really care about. And a lot of people that um, I worked with in the guild really cared about, um, and was a, a key focus of the things that we wanted to achieve um, in our time. Um, there's one group of things around um, the services that we offer. Um, the Guild offers a service called Student Assist, um, which offers students financial welfare and um, financial support through their time at university. Um, we did some work um, in, in, obviously the Guild has quite constrained resources, we did some work in within that constraint on work of resources, how is it that we can make that a more effective service and outreach better to students, um, which was quite successful. Um, we also did some, uh, we formed a partnership um, with the great charity Headspace and we brought Headspace Fremantle onto campus once a week um, to provide uh, to run drop-in sessions with students, um, which is, is a great enduring partnership that we, we have with them. Um, there's a, another group of stuff that we did um, around working with the university on, on their service offering and the way that they engage with the issue. Um, there was a health services review that was run last year to review all of the services that the university provides uh, from the medical centre to um, counselling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we did some work um, with students understanding what um, different students' experiences were of accessing those services. Um, and then working with the university, we put together a pretty comprehensive submission uh, on how it is that um, those services could be both better connected and um, could be more effective for students as well. Um, some of which I, I believe has been quite well received. Um, and as that review has been recommendations have been implemented um, has started to, to make a difference. Yeah, no, I think that it's really great, specifically during your term, um, that you were able to gain a bit more sentience on this topic. Mm -hmm. um, it, it definitely is pretty jaded in terms of how we can solve it, um, but it's great to see that UWA as well is really kind of expanding the resources yeah. and the, uh, the means in which we can kind of improve our students' welfare. So. Um, I'm yeah. not too sure. I think we were, I was talking to you earlier uh, before we started the podcast that we have uh, this new space called the Living Room opening up. Uh, so it's starting on the 19th of October. Um, I think the home, the housewarming is on the 16th. Oh, uh, so <laughs> very, very soon. Um, but essentially it is a uh, UWA's new student uh, wellbeing facility. Uh, it's basically designed... Uh, for students to be welcome and safe in a uh, centric space to kind of create this uh, belongingness and sense of community within our mm -hmm. um, campus and within our individuals. Uh, so, I mean, if anyone is interested, it is starting on the 16th um, this month, October. Uh, there's going to be uh, our therapy dogs, Bill and Leo, the retrievers. Uh, there's going to be activities, just like student feedback and uh, just like some sh uh, showcase of some student photography as well, but just a great way to like network and meet new people and uh, you know get to know the people that you know on campus, which is really quite nice. Yeah, definitely. It's a really cool initiative. Yeah, and there are a few other things as well that I'd love to share with anyone listening who's interested in uh, expanding their time at university. Um, there is a, a program we have called Stride, which is about improving mental health and physical fitness of university students. It's like an individualized fitness plan mm -hmm. um, for about 12 weeks. You can go to like the gym, the pool, the courts. It's great for um, the clinical training uh, students, um, but you basically get to have this connection with people your own age, um, and it kind of works uh, as like a university first in Australia, um, 
for like an exercise program, which obviously is really important for balance within someone's life. Uh, we've also got Fit for Study, which was um, more about education on uh, mental health, sexual health, sexuality, relationships, alcohol, drugs, um, all those kind of things. So really great for anyone who's interested to drop into that as well. And for anyone who doesn't know, we do have counselling and psychological services at UWA. They are, for any issue that you may be having, it, it's not, you know, one size fits all. Um, it could be feeling anxious, feeling depression, you could be moving in from a different city or uh, struggling with procrastination or interpersonal skills. Um, so it's really for a whole range of whatever you feel like is bothering you in your life. We have six free sessions uh, a year, which I think is really great that you can kind of go to, um, free of cost, of course. Um, and we've also got the Robin Winkler Clinic, which is out of the School of Psychological Sciences at UWA. Um, and that's more like a group uh, treatment in terms of like therapy programs. Uh, and they're all run throughout the year, uh, which is great for anyone who's interested in those uh events that we do run uh, and feel like they could definitely use those resources in a productive way to help themselves. Yeah, um, definitely very important. If people are struggling, um, reach out for help. Um, can be really daunting, um, but these services are here to support you. Um, so either get in touch with them um, or um, don't be afraid to, to lean on your networks and um, ask your friends for help. Yeah, I really found the time during COVID to be quite uh, interesting for me. Um, obviously it was time for everyone, it really changed the social balance for all of us in terms of our interactions and rearranging our perspectives on like what was important, but I found it really helpful that during that time obviously no one really knew what was going on, mm. we were just getting email updates all the time, um, but I found that uh, you know, UW wasn't just this institution for academia, it really helped uh, you know, care for like the collective community of students' welfare, um, I felt we were able to communicate with our professors and tutors a lot more readily, mm. even though we didn't have that interpersonal, uh, physical interactions. Uh, something just extending, you know, uh, assessment due dates or um, being able to uh, ask for a little bit more help every now and then. I feel like that was really nice, and I think that uh, that kind of event has benefited the university almost to a degree because I think that it's kind of brought everyone a little bit closer. Yeah, um, it definitely has been a really difficult time for a lot of people, um, but every cloud um, has a silver lining as it were, um, and I really hope that some of the were able to carry through um, a lot of those positive things um, like connectivity and um, having more um, of a, an understanding and um, really add an appreciation of the importance of connection and, and looking out for um, our colleagues and our friends at university. Um, and I hope that we can, when we all come back from COVID and everything goes a little bit more back to normal, we come back better and bring all of those things with us. Yeah, I think uh, as an issue, of course, it's really broad and given the nature of it, it's quite quixotic to try to, uh, I guess, completely remove it. But do you feel like Given, I know in your talk you talked about mm. the growing number of cases of mental health within university students, do you feel like we're in a position where it's going to get better in the future? Yeah, it's um, difficult to say, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. Um, I really hope so. Um, at least what I saw during my time um, was it's an area where universities are increasingly realising that it's something where they um, need to 
um, work a bit harder and work a bit smarter on it. Um, so I really hope that um, we're able to get on top of it in that sense. It's an incredibly important issue that um, I think both a lot of students and also um, a lot of people involved in running universities really care about more and more. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, Current, where do you see yourself, I guess, in the next few years? What do you kind of want to be doing? <laughs> it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a change. Yeah, you've, uh, had, you've had, like, so much done, I guess, the past, like, five, six years. Um, what's next for you? Yeah, think? it's a really tricky question. Um, and I think, like many people, many young people, I'm still working that out. Um, mental health is an enduring passion of mine, and it's something that I'd, I'd really love to be involved in in the long term. I think what I'm really interested in is thinking about the way that, um, that systems work and can support people. Um, so what I'm really interested in in um, getting involved in the future is finding ways that I can contribute that to that discussion and making our, our society a place that supports people a lot better. Yeah, I think for myself as well, it's this idea of not knowing, which I, I'm kind of okay with now. I think a lot of the time I used to plan quite ahead about what I was going to be doing in the next few mm -hmm. months or year. Uh, and I think kind of just going with it now is really quite nice and just kind of enjoying the time as it comes. Um, thank you so much, Conrad, for joining us today um, and to our listeners as well for tuning into this series. Uh, you can find more about the TEDxCWA through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, in fact, we have released the date for our annual conference for TEDx, uh, UWA as well. Uh, it's on social media today. Uh, and on the 5th of December, we will be running a conference at the McCusker Auditorium of Harry Perkins. We have planned a great lineup of speakers covering topics in science and business to social impact and renewable energy. Uh, there'll be more information about this um, to be released in the coming weeks. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to our past speakers on this podcast, you now have the chance to listen to new speakers at our conference live. Uh, unfortunately, this is the last episode of the TEDxCWA Thursdays this year. So I'd like to give a special thank you to Conrad for being our last guest to round off this year and also thank all the other TEDxCWA speakers for doing the podcast with us. Uh, you can find all of our previous episodes on TEDxCWA Thursdays wherever you listen to UWA Alumni Voices, and links to all these episodes can be found on our social media pages. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Conrad, for being here with me today. Did you have any kind of closing remarks for our listeners? No, it's, um, it's been an absolute pleasure, Scott. Thank you very much for having me. I think my closing remarks, considering what we've talked about today, is really just to... Um, take good care of yourself, particularly during the continuing tough times um, of COVID-19 um, and to look out for your friends and family as well and, and take care of them too make, and see if they're okay. Yeah, I really hope that our listeners do get something out of this, um, whether it's just to learn more about the services which we offer at UWA um, or just to feel encouraged by exploring and you know talking to people around you. I would like to say as well, um, the Lifeline Telephone Call Service is also a 24-7 available service. Uh, it's on 13 11 14, and uh, it's a confidential one-to-one -one support uh, call with trained uh, crisis supporters um, who will listen without any judgment, um, provide you with a safe space, and you can discuss your needs, any worries or concerns that you may have. And I really encourage anyone who uh, feel like they could benefit from this service to definitely give them a call. Um, also, the mental health emergency response line uh, within the metro area is 1300-555-788. And these are just really great services uh, to be utilising uh, when you feel, especially in the age of being quite virtual and distanced uh, at the moment, it's 
good to know that there's still uh, people looking out for you uh, whenever you may need that. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening into this conversation uh, with Conrad today. Um, and that's all from us. So have a wonderful Thursday. Thank you. Thank you.